So we're at the Wearable Technology Show. Um, James, my co-presenter, and I are joined by um, Joss Langford from Active Insights. Hi, Joss. Good morning. And uh, could you tell us a little bit about um, Active Insights and what you do? So Active Insights is a UK-based wearables business. We've been around since 2008, so kind of old boy on the block, really, compared to many of the businesses here. Uh, and there are some great businesses here. Um, we produce wearables for professionals. Um, so rather than the consumer devices that you're used to seeing in the marketplace, our customers are people like researchers and doctors and clinicians, and we're providing them with data that then they can use with their patients. That's really fascinating. So where um, a few of us might have our smartwatch and, and things like that and, and feel very um, uh, happy with ourselves when we're reading our emails and things like that on it, these are you know, people that are using um, smart wearable devices to, for, you know, to, to make their work a lot, a lot faster, a lot quicker and, and pick up data in, in, in new ways. Yeah, so I mean, one of the focuses for, for Active Insights is around lifestyle data particularly. So we've got, we've got a strong focus for how we use our technology and that's to give healthcare professionals data that they've never had before. So again, you'll see wearables which are measuring things like heart rate. Well, actually, we've been known how to measure heart rate for thousands of years, obviously, but a GP has never had the ability to really understand what their patients are doing during the week. You know, you get those questionnaires, you know, the, the, the classic one of how many units of alcohol you drink. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm not mentioning that. Yeah, okay, move on. But exactly. So we know that uh, historically that questionnaires have been the only way that the healthcare industry has been able to get ideas about what we do in our real lives. And, and essentially our wearables help uh, doctors and their patients to understand what we do all day. Uh, and we've never had that information in the past. So aside from um, sort of heart rate monitors, what other um, analytics are uh, doctors really after with, with your products? Well, if you, if you look at what doctors are after, in, in general they're often looking for uh, field measures so so how do I take measures that I normally do in the hospital and do them out in the field because I want to reduce costs I want to be able to treat patients at home what we're doing with lifestyle data is to help people manage conditions like obesity and diabetes um, th amongst those two then you've also got um, heart disease and lung disease and those four between them are the four big killers of our age um, lifestyle is the predominant factor across those it works better than any pill that we know about and lifestyle and particularly physical activity is the one that goes across all of those. So by understanding people's lifestyle, being able to measure it, we can then think about how we can go about changing it and, and measure if we've been successful in changing it. And there must be a real opportunity to get, uh, or, or it must provide much better um, data and information than just the usual consultation with your GP. You go and you get your blood pressure and you have that every week, every month. That only gives a very small snapshot of you in that particular GP consultation here you're getting all of that you know that data recorded you know through a week of your life a month of your life and being able to give that data to your GP must be you know give a much better idea of, of your health condition yeah I, mean, I think you know the sort of things that are difficult for example for a GP if, if they've got a patient that comes in with say chronic fatigue what do they do next it may be appropriate to, to run blood that's very expensive it may not be but by giving a patient a wearable to wear for a week and they can come back with a lifestyle report and then immediately both the patient and the GP can look and they can identify, you know, you know, if that patient, for example, is sleeping well and they're doing a reasonable amount of activity, like, well, look, there's clearly something wrong here and it, it warrants spending some extra money to move forward. But very often you'll find that people aren't sleeping particularly well and there are some simple things around sleep hygiene that a professional can help with that can make a huge difference at a much lower cost, much more convenient. And the patient is still feeling that someone's really listening to them and caring about their outcomes. 
So is all the data that is the lifestyle data that's logged over a week or a month period while they're wearing it, is that then returned to the doctor and, and they download the data or is it something that can be sent back sort of real time to them? So we don't focus on, on real time specifically. We're more, we're more interested about longer term trends. And, and actually, I think that's a, in the industry generally, you see a lot of people talking about real time. It's a very techie thing to talk about. It's very cool. Actually, what's really interesting is prediction. Um, and we are always asked about, you know, for instance, can you predict falls? Oh, I'm sorry. Do you have falls detection? It's a big thing in the industry. It has been for, for five years or so. And actually, that's too late. Predicting falls is much, much more useful for both the healthcare system and the individual because they don't want to be falling over. And I think that's, you know, it goes across all of our, all of our data. Our data then is stored uh, on insecure cloud-based services and is available to the healthcare professional at any time and to pass on to the, to the patient. But I can say much more on that long-term basis. And so being able to, um, you know, f- for the pa- for in terms of the patient, being able to know that that, um, that data is kept securely must be a real, um, you know, must be something of great confidence for them. Yeah, and I think we talk more about privacy because actually if you can get your privacy by design right, it makes your security job much easier. And this is quite difficult. There's new legislation coming up next year, uh, European legislation, which will be implemented in the UK called the General Data Protection Regulations. And so all our data infrastructure designed with that in mind. And it means that we can give really solid promises to the individual about how their data will be managed. So, for example, within a clinic, we, we can guarantee because of the data architectures we have that their personal, their directly identifying personal data never leaves the clinic. Um, so we call it's called pseudonymization. So we provide a key that goes against their personal details. All the data that comes, leaves the clinic will only be, have that key attached to it. So you would not be able to know it's that individual. And the clinic retains the unique kind of right and ability to connect the data with the individual. And so they do that in front of the, the patient when they're there. And, and so that's an example about privacy by design, but you can immediately see that gives you great security as well. Um, and so we work with non-profit organizations um, about how we help organizations use data in a responsible way. So you, you've been in the, um, uh, you said you started in 2008, and so you've, you've seen, I guess you've seen sort of um, been around from when there wasn't any wearables to actually now things are in a um, you know you've got wearables but actually has a size that people wouldn't mind wearing. I presume you know you, there's a better take up now that, that you know things are a bit more discreet that they could be wearing. So I mean our journey through the wearable space has been really interesting because the first five years of, of my time in this space I was trying to persuade researchers and governments that the wrist was the right place to put the device. I mean it seems mad now but for, for those first five years, that was the main persuading factor because we'd been used to hip-worn step counters and, and, and pages. That's where, if you think the first Fitbit device was a clip-on device designed to go on the belt. So that's where the industry was. Um, so moving things to the wrist has been the first stage about getting someone to wear something continuously. Uh, we want some of the first devices to be fully waterproof and fully robust. And again, so as long as people don't have to take them off, to when they want to do water sport or just do the washing up, that helps people wear it all the time. The size is an important factor, uh, but the technology probably got to the right space for size in about 2008. It's, it's been thinking about those other areas and the messaging about making it sort of acceptable to wear something all the time that's made the biggest difference. So can consumers go to your, your website and, and purchase your products or is it something they would be issued by a healthcare professional generally? So the, t- the two markets that we work in in research and, that, that, and the practitioner space of that kind of professional GP sort of space. Um, and they're, they're different, uh, but in both markets, we're not expecting the end user 
to, to wear the device. Now, in research, the way that research ethics work and the way those studies are conducted, the individual actually signs away a lot of the rights to their data as well. You know, quite often within ethics, you're not allowed to show the data of a clinical study to the individual. So not only do they own, not own the device, they don't really have that much access to the data. So that's the research market. And then in the practitioner market, they have full access and control over all their data, but they're not expected to own the device. And then you can bet that to the consumer where you both buy the device and get all the data. So that's you know, how we see the market breaking down, and we focus on the top two of those. Fascinating. Um, so you've been in the sort of like the, the wearable space since it's since it's you know started. Where do you see it going in the future? Oh, it's interesting. I was I was talking yesterday about the the future of wearables, and I was I was doing that for radio listeners. Uh, I'm a Radio Four listener, and a great program called The Long View, which takes examples from history and says, "Well, it has it." So that's that was my talk um, yesterday, and um, and I was you can go back on the archaeology record. You can go back hundred thousand years. That's the first time that we started wearing wearables, and you can trace that all the way through the, all the different stages. The thing that's interesting about that when you look at the record is that, that wearable devices have always been beautifully finished. These are ornaments. They're, it's about body adornment, essentially. And I think that's one of the things we see in the show here is that there's a lot of tech, and in some cases that tech's hidden, and a lot in our products we're talking about the end benefit but in the consumer space we're making technology look cool we're making it look beautiful we are using it in wearables to show people to allow them to show their identity express themselves and to show that they are mastery of the technology around them so i think that's certainly one thing that we're going to see we're going to see more and more tech being very very visible in devices and i think on the other side on the more medical side we're going to see it more and more hidden more and more usable and and, and actually we should be seeing medical devices becoming better looking as well that's fantastic Thank you very much, Joss. Where can um, people find out more about Active Insights? So uh, Active Insights is a UK-based business. We're, we're based in Cambridge area, so we've got a website called uh, www.activeinsights.com. And uh, just go there and you can get all our contact details and uh, we'd love to hear from you. Fantastic. Thanks for joining us.